This is Nursing Australia, proudly brought to you by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association. Hello and welcome to Nursing Australia. I'm Matthew St. Ledger. In this, the latest instalment of the podcast, we head to the Northern Hemisphere and capture a nurse's story from inside Ireland's vaccine rollout. That bit will be the first day we opened our doors for over 85s. So the really older age group who hadn't seen light of day, who had cocooned. We had balloons. There was gifts. There was chocolates. We will discover how wearables are revolutionising diabetes management in general practice. Obviously, it's a lot easier for the patient to doing what we've asked them to do, to record their sugar levels so that we can have a, a look at it rather than them sort of saying what they think it was or not, not having time to write it down. And let's grab an update on the upcoming 2021 APNA Conference Roadshow. This year, we're doing it slightly differently. Instead of you all coming to one place for Roadshow, we're all coming to you. If you are listening on Apple or Google Podcasts, please don't forget to tap the subscribe button and on Spotify, click to follow. But let's kick off this episode with the latest in healthcare news. National vaccine hesitancy wanes as Victorians endure COVID spike, mandatory vaccines for aged care workers back on the table and nurses come out on top again as the most trusted profession. This is Nursing Australia News. Hello, I'm Casey Mannix. Demand for the jab have surged across Australia as COVID-19 plunged Victoria into its fourth lockdown. State and Territory Health Departments are reporting a sharp upswing in demand with the public turning out to be vaccinated. The latest COVID outbreak highlights that Australia is still vulnerable to the virus. Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt is reconsidering mandating vaccinations for aged care workers. Plans to mandate vaccinations amongst the aged care workforce were quashed in January by Commonwealth and state officials. However, the emergence of positive cases within Melbourne aged care facilities have reignited previous proposals to ensure resident safety is bolstered. The Prime Minister and myself have asked uh, the medical expert panel to review that decision. That was not recommended at the time. And uh, we have asked the medical expert panel to review precisely that question. Following an extensive external order and review, the World Health Organization has agreed to fundamental structural reforms to increase their strength and power when dealing with pandemics. The WHO had previously been criticised for lack of effectiveness in preventing COVID's early outbreak, cited barriers faced by a lack of enforceable powers. The UK has approved a single-shot COVID vax. The vaccine, manufactured by Belgium pharma company Janssen, requires only standard refrigeration and purports to be 67% effective overall in preventing COVID-19 infection and 85% effective in preventing severe disease or hospitalisation. And nurses have once again topped the list of most trusted professions with 88% of Australians rating nurses very high or high for their ethics and honesty. Doctors ranked in second on 82%, followed by pharmacists on 76% and then school teachers on 74%. APNA's Sam Moses recently caught up with Siobhan, a Dublin-based practice nurse who shared her perspective on the vaccine rollout in Ireland which included some optimism found inside COVID, which I think is something we could probably all benefit from at the moment. This is Siobhan's story. Born and raised in Dublin, capital of Ireland, 
Um, I did my training way back. I started straight after I left school. And at the time, training hospitals were, were um, you know, you were trained within the hospitals. They had their own nursing schools. So I trained in a small specialized hospital in Dublin city center. Easily, easily the biggest challenge in organizing the clinics was making contact with the patients and making the appointments. Now the government portal where you self-register and they call you, that's fine. But that was never going to work for 85 year olds, you know, so it had to be a phone call. And then it was kind of getting the information to them because we wanted them to be informed and presented before they presented to minimize the time. So that was hugely challenging. So it meant yeah. every two you do your clinic and then the Monday morning you would launch back into ordering your next vaccines and starting your next appointments. Mm. But the, there's a great feeling of achievement on the day you do a vaccine clinic. Everybody yeah. is so happy. And it's just good. It's, it's, yeah. it's been lovely to be part of. And, you know, as you say, the enthusiasm sometimes wanes a little. And the optimism sometimes gets a little bit cloudy, but it's definitely still there. You know, we, we will, we will get, we will get through this. In the over 70s, there is virtually zero non-belief. Now, of, of all the people I rang, I, I think in the, all the people we offered, two people refused it. And of the two people that refused it, the one person took it. Later on, she decided, no, I do want it. So for the over 70s, zero hesitancy. Um, people want the freedom that comes with vaccination so they're willing to take it what is a problem is we are you probably have a similar committee we have NIAC the National Immunisation Advisory Committee so what comes in the information comes in NIAC meet they advise NEFIT we get a decision and I know all of their decisions are made out of abundance of caution and I know that's appropriate when you are vaccinating such a large amount of people but actions taken out of an abundance of caution mean that there's a lot of indecision which leads to people being nervous and there is a perception out there that Pfizer is a better vaccine than any other. Um, that perception has been brought about because initially AstraZeneca was put on hold because of the possibility of clots and then AstraZeneca was brought back with age restriction and then with our Pfizer we give it and you're guaranteed your booster a month later so you're done. So there is great confusion like if I've had an AstraZeneca when am I getting my second AstraZeneca and if if I'd got Pfizer, I would have been finished. On the whole, people have have good attitudes to it and I haven't come across a lot of hesitancy. Um, we've just got Johnson & Johnson and we just got some in and we started to use it and it was nice to see they vaccinated all the homeless community with it. Now, oh, obviously from a point of view, that was good because you only need to be compliant once. You're not looking for them to come back. So it made sense. But it was very positive. People were very happy to see that people were caring for the homeless. So that was good. Best bit, is, well, best bit will be the first day we opened our doors for over 85s. So the really older age group who hadn't seen light of day, who had cocooned. We had balloons. There was gifts. <laughs> there was chocolates. There was photographs taken at the door. We started off with group photographs at the end, at, outside. And at the end, we opened a few bottles of champagne. That was the best day. <laughs> It was just, you really felt, this is it, this is positive. Yeah. The worst was when we made a decision to try and do the clinic on a Friday as opposed to a Saturday. Because our delivery always came, we opened at half seven in the morning and our delivery always came and we had our 490 patients starting at nine o'clock and finishing at about six. And at half seven, the delivery didn't come. Half oh. eight, the delivery came nine o'clock the clinic started and the people were coming and like each doctor was lined up for about three two, about 10 people per hour 
and we had seven vaccinations. That was 70 people per hour coming to the door and we had no vaccines. The very, very first was, um, was residents in long-term care facilities and healthcare staff. So I actually, the day I registered, um, one of the doctors said, do you want to go on a cancellation list? So if there's something, I said, yeah, I'll go anywhere. And 10 minutes later, uh, do you want a lift? We're going down the road to the nursing home and they're finished and they've extras. So I literally got, I was fully vaccinated. <laughs> So it was brilliant. But I went down to uh, to a local um, a nursing care facility for old age for older people, and like all these places had been closed off, and you couldn't go in because they were all protected. So we went down and we went into one of these facilities, and we sat down myself, uh, with the other practice nurse, and three of the GPs, and we got vaccinated. It was actually quite emotional. It was like here I am with all these vulnerable people, and here I am getting my vaccine. This is really, you know, it was really, it was really nice and it was really yeah. positive. And if you'd like to hear more nursing stories, please make sure you subscribe to the Nursing Australia podcast. Or if you want to share your story, get in touch via the APNA socials. APNA's Nurse Support Line provides primary healthcare nurses with access to timely, relevant and accurate advice, resources and referrals. If you need support, please call 1300 303 184. If you're a nurse working in primary healthcare, you'll know that every day is different. And sometimes things can happen that are out of your control. APNA's Professional Indemnity Insurance covers you for everything within your scope of practice except for delivering babies. We'll satisfy your APRA registration requirements and covers you for administering the COVID vaccine. We've negotiated a deal with Insurance House so our members can get cost-effective professional indemnity insurance for a small price of only $130 per annum. Head to apna.asn.au forward slash insurance and have peace of mind that you're comprehensively protected so you can focus on being the best nurse you can be. I mean, even Tom Cruise wouldn't risk the business of not having adequate insurance coverage. Diabetes educator Angie Physic joined Nursing Australia to discuss how new technology is transforming diabetes management in nursing practice. Wearable glucose sensors are fully integrated devices that allow diabetics and by proxy their healthcare teams to monitor glucose levels with the swipe of a smartphone. My name's Angie Physic and I'm a diabetes educator at Salamander Bay Medical Centre, which is part of the Bay Medical Group. How big of an issue is diabetes in Australia as far as you're concerned, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, diabetes in Australia is increasing. Uh, back in 2018, it was 4.9% of the population. And that's increasing due to, um, obviously, uh, dietary effects and uh, lack of activity in general for people as they're getting older. Why is is accurate sort of end-to-end -end diabetes management so important in nursing practice or in in as a diabetes educator why is it so important that it's accurate yeah it's important that, that it's accurate but you know obviously looking um at the comorbidities with with diabetes it's obviously costing the healthcare system uh quite a lot of money in terms of care uh and patients are having you know more and more medications um, that obviously in turn have effects on their bodies as well. Um, 
and it's just becoming a you know a larger issue as you see new diabetics uh, diagnosed every week type 2 diabetes that is um, and it's mainly due to lifestyle and um, eating habits and so in your opinion how, how do you see or how can technology improve service delivery for diabetes management uh, technology, um, I, I think having, having technology can, can make it easier for the patients to uh, adhere to their self-management. So, so, for example, if patients are put on insulin or we need to check, you know, we need to check, get them to check their glucose levels uh, just in terms of management to decide what medication they're going on to. Uh, I find that it, patients find this quite hard to have to constantly, you know, sort of prick their fingers. But the new technology that's available now uh, can can change all that for, for the patients. You know, it gives us a, a, a better picture of what's happening with their glucose level. Um, and it's easy to read and easy to see. And so using the new technology, how do, can nurses play a role in helping patients that they would see in, in general practice? Yeah. So using the new technology in general practice, what, what I've what I've found is obviously it's a lot easier for the patient to adhere to actually um, doing what we've asked them to do to record their sugar levels so that we can have a, a look at it rather than them sort of saying what they think it was or not not having time to write it down. Um, the technology, if we've got it sort of all set up in general practice, we can take a lot of that pressure away from them because, you know, obviously the new monitors, we can just plug it in and we can see what's been going on and work out what their medication should be from that. And from an education point of view, do you find that the technology is easy for uh, for patient education? Oh, definitely. The technology, is it's fairly easy to use. And, and also sort of lo- looking at it, they can, they can learn from it as well. They can learn what, what foods affect them um, and how their medication is working for them. So f- from the technology, they're actually learning as well. Would you consider this new technology a game changer in terms of diabetes management? Absolutely. It's definitely a game changer. I mean, from from type 1 patients right down to type 2 patients, um, certainly, you know, it, in recent experience, you know, we've had uh, an 87-year-old start on this new technology. And even quite often, older people are, you know, they're, they're not really into the technology. This this uh, gentleman's embraced it. And it's been a, he actually says it's a game changer for him because he's back to playing bowls because he doesn't have sore fingers all of the time. And he's aware of what's going on when he's out because he was hyper and aware. Having this new technology gives him that ability to be back out there socialising at the good old age of 87, which is fantastic. Uh, and also for, you know, for the younger generation as well, when they're working, um, a lot of people find it hard to actually check their sugar levels when they're working. So to have this new technology that uh, doesn't, doesn't it, it's not invasive and it's quite quick and discreet, that's a game changer for them because they're more adherent to their, their testing and therefore their, you know, their diabetes control. Thanks, Angie. Thank you so much for coming on Nursing Australia. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. These glucose sensors are truly revolutionising diabetes management. Find out more about the latest wearable diabetes management tech, such as Abbott's Freestyle Libra. Head to www.freestylelibra.com.au. And for nurses, there are some helpful links you'll find in the show notes of this episode. This podcast is brought to you by APNA, the Australian Primary Healthcare Nurses Association, and is only made possible by our members. Join today. Google APNA membership. Who has the time to wade through every piece of healthcare news? Primary healthcare nurses certainly don't. 
Fear not. Apna's Weekly Connect e-newsletter condenses key industry news into digestible content while serving up a feast of useful resources. Stay in the know and save time. Subscribe for free at www.apna.asn.au. So with spring fast approaching, so too is the 2021 APNA Conference Roadshow, and APNA's lead nurse educator, Suzanne Blackaby, dropped by to give us the inside scoop on our upcoming event. So Suzanne, tell us about the 2021 APNA Conference Roadshow. Matt, we're really excited. This is something different for APNA. We haven't done it before. Everybody knows APNA has these great big scientific conferences every year with nurse leaders from all over the country. Couldn't do it last year, thank you COVID, but this year we're doing it but slightly differently. Instead of you all coming to one place for Roadshow, we're all coming to you um, in a series of events at the back end of the year uh, to every capital city or every jurisdiction. And uh, it's going to be a jam-packed two-day program and a little surprise in the middle. I can tell you now it is APNA's 20th birthday this year, so we're going to have a party at Roadshow. It's going to be awesome. Happy birthday to you. And um, this Roadshow, is it just for nurses? Essentially, yeah. It's um, all aimed at primary care nurses across all the different settings that primary care nurses work in. So we have uh, different sessions throughout the two days that have different aims and different goals. And we're trying to cater for nurses in primary care who might work in general practice or aged care, corrections, school nurses, community health, and of course, our rural and remote nurses. So lots of topics to get your teeth into that apply to nurses in primary care, no matter where you work. And can primary care nurses collect CPD points as part of coming along to the roadshow? Yeah, of course. Um, just like you have previously, if you've been to any of our conferences, um, CPD points will apply. We've actually got this really cool conference app coming and we're going to have little ways for you to clock up those CPD points electronically and we're going to save you some of the paperwork. So that's pretty exciting. The Conference Roadshow, does it have any special guests booked? Something that we get to do with this event that we've never been able to do before is actually tilt the content to each jurisdiction where we're going to be. And so when we do that, we can actually use speakers that are local. You know, APNA cares about what nurses care about. There's been so many interruptions to the way we do life, the way we do learning, the way we do nursing during this COVID period and pandemic era that we're living in and the vaccine rollout. So with this Roadshow event, because we're coming to you in all of these different places, we're going to be able to invest in your local community and we're going to be able to use local suppliers for all the bits and pieces that make conference fun, but we're also going to use local speakers. So uh, we'll have an EOI coming out very shortly. So if you are interested in being part of the program, if you have a subject matter interest area that you're really keen to input on, fill out that EOI form that you'll uh, see come through Atmos Communication Channels and get on board. So the stars of this show the stars of this show are going to be nurses from your local area who know your local populations, who know what the issues are, who know what the referral pathways are, who know where, the, where to find the best resources. So this roadshow opportunity is, is giving us 
that space to really tailor the content and make it absolutely applicable to where you are now and where you work. So um, where can our listeners find out more information about the 2021 Conference Roadshow? Jump straight onto the APNA webpage. We'll put a link in the show notes um, so you can jump straight onto the landing page. All the information is there. We're adding additional information all the time as we uh, lock different features of the roadshow in. So keep an eye on it. There'll also be links in the Connect newsletter if you're a subscriber. Um, if you're not already a subscriber, please jump down to the show notes for this episode and subscribe to the Connect. And there'll be lots of links coming out in that as well. And we have included the link for the 2021 APNA Conference Roadshow registrations in the show notes of this episode. We do hope to see you there. And to keep up to date with the latest happenings in all things primary healthcare, make sure you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Connect. Nursing Australia, the podcast for Australian nurses working together towards a healthier Australia. If you are listening to Nursing Australia right now on Apple or Google Podcasts, please don't forget to tap the subscribe button. And if you're on Spotify, click to follow. Coming up on the next episode of Nursing Australia, we're getting ready to hit the road, so we'll be sure to bring you an update on the 2021 APNA Conference Roadshow as it fast approaches. And we'll be exploring wound care workshops with Smith and Nephew. I will catch you next time. Nursing Australia, the podcast for Australian nurses working together towards a healthier Australia. For more information, please visit us at www.apna.asn.au. Thanks for listening to Nursing Australia.